Good evening. It's good to be with you tonight. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. We are thankful for the privilege that, that God has given us to come tonight. And we've, for the interest and sake of those that have just joined us over the radio networks and the internet, um, we've just taken prayer requests, and there's been several. And as well, we've had a few praise reports. And it's like I said before, it's always wonderful to hear what God's doing in other people's lives. And it? it's an encouragement to each of us to see God work. I know it is in my life when I get phone calls, maybe a letter, email, or something from someone and they let me know that what we've been praying about for so long God has answered and uh, in a mighty way and uh, we as well know that we've heard from some very serious needs tonight uh, um, this precious lady that's part of this ministry she uh, shared about a friend of hers uh, down in Florida tonight that's near death and want to remember him tonight and his family and um, and I just thank God that uh, through a witness that uh, he's prepared and I do thank God for each and every one of you tonight and your uh, humbleness and your faithfulness to pray for the needs of other people. You know, if there's one thing that we can always share and we can always give that God calls us to do as believers, it's always making sure that we're faithful to pray for others' needs, isn't it? You know, I saw a gentleman the other, other evening and his wife, and I hadn't seen him in several years and maybe four years, and I asked him, how was he doing? He said he was doing great. And he wanted to know how I was doing and, and how my wife was doing, our family. And I, I told him, we're all doing great, and I thank God for it. And, um, and he, said, uh, he said, I know you've been, uh, been doing an outreach ministry now for several years, and how's that going? I, I shared with him some things that God's doing, and he was just so excited. And he said, well, please tell me. Please tell me what I can do to help. Please tell me. And I said, pray every day faithfully. Pray every day faithfully. And, you know, he looked at me, and tears came up in his eyes, and he put his arms around me. And he said, you know, that don't seem like it's enough. And I told him, I'll assure you, if God, if God hears your prayers, and I know he does, because I know this man loves the Lord, then I know God will honor, and God will lead us, and God will guide us throughout this ministry in a way that would bring glory and praise and honor upon God's name. Amen? It's not about us. It's not about this ministry. It's about Jesus. Amen? It's about what he's doing and what he desires to do in each of our lives today. By a raised hand tonight, any unspoken prayer requests before we bow our heads? Amen. All over. All over. Isn't it wonderful to know that God knows our hearts and that he knows what our burdens and our needs are before we even open our mouth and pray and before we bow our heads? Bow your heads with me tonight. Let's just go to the Lord and, and draw close to Him. Father, we're so thankful, Father, for the privilege and the opportunity that you bless us with each and every moment of each and every day, Lord, just to come before you in a humble way. Lord, you're still on the throne tonight, just as one precious lady has already spoken. And we're thankful, God, that you hear our prayers and our supplications and our petitions tonight that we render upon the throne in heaven tonight, Father, before you. We do thank you for answering prayer in many, many lives, God, that we've heard from today and this week and in the last few weeks and as well in the last few minutes, God. You've done some mighty and wonderful things in many lives. And, Father, as well, we know you're working profoundly and strongly, God, and, and in a miraculous way in many other needs that we are aware of. And we thank you for that, God, from the bottom of our heart. We just thank you, Father. We would ask you just just to have your right away in all these needs that we know of, Father, tonight. We would ask you to just bless and honor your word tonight, God, as well. Lord, we do thank you for being with us tonight. We do thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit that we felt as we came into this building tonight before the service ever began. We do thank you for the privilege and for the opportunity, Lord, that you bless us with each night to come together and to share and to come together in one accord and unity and give praise and glory and honor upon our Heavenly Father. 
and our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, I would ask you to bless each one tonight that's in attendance here for their faithfulness, for their willingness, God, to come before you and come before the throne and, and to pray and undergirth and lift up the needs of each and every one that's represented and the needs of those, Father, today as well that we've held in our hands today. Thank you again, Lord, for blessing us. Thank you for loving us. And God, we thank you tonight for your presence in this place. Have your right away, your will, and your peace in everything. For we'll give you the praise and the glory and the honor always. For tonight we come and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. About three years ago, I guess it was, I had a, a gentleman I was talking to on the telephone, and he was sharing with me a prayer need, and, and he asked me, he said, have you ever wondered how important our witness is around others? And uh, he kind of made me go and stop and everything I was doing in my mind. It was kind of a busy work day when he called, I remember that much. And he asked me, have you ever really stopped and thought about how powerful a witness, is, a witness you and I are? And the first thing I told him, I said, well, you know, I, I know I'm for short, and I know that each of us falls short. Romans 3.23 gives us that confirmation, doesn't it? That we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But anyway, he said, I had a little note given to me uh, by, by the pastor at his church, and, and he said, I want to share it with you. So he sent me a copy of it, and you may have heard it before. Uh, it, it, I don't believe it was original from him or from his pastor, but I think it'll make us think about how important our witness is around other people. And I ask God to honor this reading tonight of, of this, of this uh, little note. Uh, the title of it is, It's Only a Quarter. It began several years ago. A preacher moved to Houston, Texas. Several weeks after he arrived, he had an occasion to ride the bus from his home to the downtown area. When he sat down, he discovered that the driver had accidentally given him a quarter of too much change. As he considered what to do, he thought to himself, You better give that quarter back, was his first thought. It would be wrong to keep it. Then he thought, Oh, forget it. It's only a quarter. Who would worry about this little amount of money? Anyway, the bus company already gets too much money for their fares, and they will never miss it. And then he thought about it again. He said, Accept it as a gift from God and just keep quiet, was another thought he had. When his stop came, he paused momentarily at the door. Then he handed a quarter to the driver and he said, Here, I noticed that you had given me too much change. The driver looked at him and said these words with a great big smile on his face. He said, Aren't you the new preacher that's recently moved to town? He said, Yes, I am. He said, Well, I've been looking and thinking lately about starting to get back into church and worship somewhere and don't know where to go, don't know what to do and and I don't really have any friends nearby that would help and lead me. And he said, I just wanted to see by giving you that extra quarter whether or not you would give it back or whether or not you would keep it as extra change. It says in his words, it says, When my friend stepped off the bus, he literally grabbed the nearest light pole and held on and said, Oh God, I almost sold my witness of your son for a simple quarter. You know, it says at the bottom of this note here he had written in, it says, Our lives are most days the only Bible many people shall ever read. You know, as I read that when he gave it to me some years back, and as I've read through many scriptures recently, I start noticing that some of the greatest people that I 
can remember in my, in my simple mind are the people that have done good things. You know, some of the people that you know do things that are negative in your life, you, you kind of try to avoid them, kind of try to forget about those negative things. You know, when we have a loved one that passes away, as I've lost my mom and my dad in the last few years, and I'm thankful they're with the Lord tonight, praise God. But you know what? The memories that I have of my mom and my dad, they're not negative things. They're good things. They're things that come to my mind whenever I'm having a day when I feel like that everything's kind of going, kind of going bad, you know, kind of going down south. And I just stop and think about, well, what would my mom or what would my dad do? What would my brothers do? What, what would my friends do if they had a day like this? And, you know, I don't have to think long about that. Then I start thinking about, well, Billy, the most important thing is, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? And you know, it's not long before I find myself most days in prayer and asking God to help me, to lead me and to guide me so I can have a keen understanding, a spiritual understanding of what I need to do in that circumstance or that situation. Jesus speaking to his disciples had a circumstance that came up and he shared with them a truth. And I want to share that truth with you tonight. If you have your New Testament Bibles open, I'd ask you to turn with me in the book of Matthew. And uh, we'll uh, be beginning in chapter 19, Matthew 19, and I'll be beginning in verse number 16. Matthew 19, verse number 16. It says, And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good things shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. Verse 18, he saith unto him, Which said Jesus, Thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt do not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The young man saith unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth. Up, what do I lack? And Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go, sell all that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Father, we do thank you tonight, Lord, for this word. We thank you for this message, Father, that tonight you have spoken upon our own hearts. We thank you, God, for this goodly number, Father, that's here tonight in this meeting place. We do thank you for their faithfulness, Father, upon you. And their faithfulness, God, in prayer each and every day. We'd ask you, God, to take your word tonight and honor it and use it and take it and bless it and cleanse us with it, Father. And we'd ask you to take and renew our spirits with it, Father, in a way that shall bring glory and praise and honor each and every moment. And to your name, Father, is our prayer. We love you, Lord, and we do thank you for first loving us. We do thank you for providing us this truth tonight. We'd ask the power of the Holy Spirit to speak to hearts and souls and spirits tonight in a profound way, God. And may those that are out there tonight that are lost in, in a sin-cursed world, may they be brought into the light, Father, tonight of your will and your way. For tonight we come and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus speaking to this rich young ruler. Many of you probably have heard this spoken or taught or preached many times. You probably read it in your Bible many, many times. You know, and I have as well. And as I was going through and looking through some scripture verses in the last week or so, uh, there was one thing that stood out in this that had never stood out in me before as I'd read through with it. 
You see, there was a thing that the rich young ruler wanted that Jesus had shared with him that could not enter into heaven. You see, he had earthly possessions. He had the things of wealth that he could acquire. He had the things that he could have put his hands on, the things that he could hold, the things that he could take his maybe hard-earned money and go out and purchase and buy. And he said he was a, a ruler. He said he was a, a rich young ruler. We know he was a young man because of the statement given there. But you know, if there's one thing that he did profoundly was he came upon the Lord and asked him, what must I do? And you know what? That's where he was led into the light. Amen? He asked the Lord Jesus, what should I do? He, he spoke of the fact that he'd lived a, a, a life that was uh, very uh, presentable before God. He, he says here that he had never murdered, and he said he had not committed adultery, and he said he had not stolen, and, and he said he had not bore false witness. And, and, uh, and obviously he had also, in verse 19, uh, Jesus speaking to him, uh, he had obviously had honored his mother and his father. And he'd obviously loved his neighbor as himself. You know, I know a lot of people, and you may know some as well, that, that I know tonight that are very wealthy. And I know as well they're very good people, very good friends, if you will. And you know what I'm thankful for? I'm thankful that the spoils, if you will, the, the earthly possessions that they have acquired, uh, it's not anything that they hold on to that interferes or gets in their way of their worship and their need to follow after Christ in a profound way. You know, some of the most uh, spirit-filled people I believe I've ever met have been the people that I believe that once had a lot, once had great possessions, but now they've lost everything, whether it was a lifestyle or whether it was the way uh, someone else had dealt them a dirty hand or, or maybe through a divorce or, or through a settlement of some kind. They've, they started out and they had great wealth and they'd done real well financially, but now over the period of years, everything's kind of dwindled down. And, and I know of a, a one person in particular that comes to my mind tonight that I've known for several years. And, and tonight the man does all he can to just feed himself. His family is now gone, and his wife and his children are away from him. Uh, his businesses that he once had is all gone. The great wealth that he had, the hundreds of thousands of dollars in the bank that he once had in his name is gone. The health that he once enjoyed as well, and the strength that he once had as a young person, you know, all that as well tonight's gone. You know, there's one thing that he has tonight, and I'm thankful for. He still has the Lord in his life. The Lord's been with him the whole way, just as the Lord is with you and I every step of the way of our lives and our past. You know, but there was a time in that man's life, just as there may have been in your life, as there has been in my own as well, when it seemed like we were kind of on the high horse, weren't we? Doing real well, it seemed like that, that when we got a, a, a paycheck or when money came in, uh, all we had to do with it was just put it into our savings account for. Financially, we were doing great, and I'm sure that's right where this man was at the high point in his life and his business. But things started going down. He started spending money on things that were not what God would have him to spend money on. He became pretty slothful, if you know what I mean. He started doing things, and he became slouchy, if you will, with the way he managed his finances. And through a period of time, eventually, he always great wealth that he had has dwindled down to the point where the man does real good, real good to eat three meals a day. That's how poor he is now in life. I have the privilege about every two weeks, maybe every week and a half, some weeks, 
to uh, speak with him and, and talk with him and pray with him. And if there's one thing I notice when I speak with him each time, he always tells me that he's so appreciative of the encouragement that prayer offers to him and how God honors the prayer that we seem to pray each week. And you know, as I talk with him and as I hear the tears well up in his voice as he speaks to me, there's one thing he says over and over and over again. Billy, please always let everyone know that great wealth, great wealth is something that we'll all lose. And you know, when he said that the first time he spoke it to me some years back, uh, the first thing I thought about, well, I know people that have been wealthy all their life and maybe inherited some money or inherited some great wealth. And, you know, so I didn't really understand what he meant. But, you know, that evening when he spoke that to me, I, I, as I got home and I went before the Lord in prayer, there's one thing I, I kept uh, have rolling over in my mind and my spirit was, uh, all the wealth that we'll acquire, it'll all go away. It'll all go away. And uh, we do all know that whatever wealth we have and whatever we acquire, we'll, we'll never carry it to the grave, will we? We won't be buried with it. It won't be anything that we'll take into heaven's gate. Amen? But you know, there's so many people still believe that the, uh, the greatest winners in this world are the, are the ones that die with the biggest toys, if you will. You may have heard that spoken before. I believe Jesus trying to give the insight to this great and maybe uh, rich, it says, ruler. Was he was letting him know that the important things that you have, is, as you can see, is not even mentioned here, is his wealth. How wealthy is he? Well, it says here that uh, he has not uh, committed murder and he's kept these commandments. Uh, he's not committed adultery and he's not stolen. He's not bore a false witness. And, and uh, Jesus says in, in verse 19, you know, checked him and said, you know, about honoring your mother and your father. And it says he had done that as well. He says, all these things have I kept from my youth uh, up. So what do I lack? What do I lack? And you know, I thought right there as I read through this scripture text again this morning early and is again tonight and is again in the last few days. Billy, in your life, what do you lack? And I ask you that question tonight just as God posed it to my spirit. What tonight do you lack? What are you missing? What part of your life is incomplete, if you will? You know, there's people that I know that are young and, and they seem like they're invincible. It seems like they're going to live a hundred years when you're around them. And you know what, I'm thankful they have that attitude. But you know what, as they grow older, as we all grow older, we find out as we get in the upper years, we start noticing that years become so precious and they become so close together, don't they? We start noticing birthdays seem like they're coming every week instead of every year. That's the way it sometimes seems to me. And you know what, I'm thankful that every year of our life and every day and every breath of our life that God fills that need with His Spirit. But what do we lack? What tonight do you lack? You know, I sought God in my own life and my own witness. That's the only one I can testify to. That's the only one that I will give account to when I stand before God. Amen. And you will give account to as your own life before Christ. And I, I stopped and thought, Lord, what would it be? How would it be, Lord, that, that I could continue on to do the things that would please you? And, you know, as I think through and as I sought God through prayer for an answer, one of the first things that came to my mind was the fact that I could do everything that I do for the Lord better. I could do it much better. You know, the things that we do, all the busyness that we have each day and all the things that we continue to 
do in others and for others maybe. You know, we all stop and think, well, you know, I, I did a kind deed. You know, I, I did this and I did that. And surely that blessed God. And, and you know what? The beloved, that's wonderful. But I want to ask you, what spirit was that done within? What provoked, what drew you to do that certain task? Uh, I shared with uh, some of you maybe uh, Saturday morning in our service, uh, uh, my wife and myself happened to be at a restaurant and there was a gentleman that came up and he uh, could not speak and, and he could not hear and, and the only thing he could do was sign in sign language and he walked up to our table and, and he gave a sign showing that he was hungry. And here I was, my wife and myself, sitting down at the table, and here I am, I've, I've eaten part of my sandwich, and, and uh, we have just maybe five minutes been in the restaurant. And, and he came up, and he, he made that hand sign that he was hungry. And, and you know what, I, I, he asked me, you know, by a note that he had written out or someone had written down in pen that he would like to have some money so he could buy something to eat. And you know what, if he said he was hungry, I believed he was hungry. He appeared to be hungry. He appeared to be homeless. So I went, and it wasn't just a few minutes after a couple more sips of our drink and folded my sandwiches back up. I couldn't eat another bite. Anyway, the man went ahead and left once I told him I didn't have any cash money. And I told my wife, I said, you know, let's find him. And let's find where he's at. Let's really find if he's hungry. And let's give him this sandwich, give him this food. We have monies that we can buy another sandwich. We can have another meal. We eat plenty good. And... We can always eat at a later time, maybe eat an early supper meal, and we're not going to miss what we're going to give to him. And you know what? We drove about a block, block and a half down the main highway there, and we found him going through a parking lot. And, and there I got out of the car quickly, and my wife stopped the car, and we got out, and, and I handed him that bag with that sandwich in and that food in it, and I handed him that iced tea that I had just, just barely got a chance to put my hands on. And he smiled, and he made a hand gesture of thank you. And I looked at him and I told him as clear as I could pronounce, please eat, please eat. And he took it with gladness and, he, and I walked away from him and he walked away and I got in my car and we left. You know, I say that tonight not because of anything I think that was great. You know what was great about it? What was great about it was God provided me a meal to provide to someone that didn't have one. What was great about it, God provided me an automobile where I could go quick enough to find this gentleman that needed a meal. You know what was great about it was the fact that I had other monies where I could go later and buy me a sandwich and find something to eat. I was not going to be hungry. I was not going to be walking up to someone at random that I did not even know in the next few days and ask them and show them by hand signs. Because I could not speak, I was mute. I could not hear because I was deaf and ask them and show them that I'm hungry. I'm hungry, I want food. You see, that's not where my life is at this point. By the grace and by the glory of God, that's not where your life tonight is as well, is it? We all have a plenty. We're all a very blessed people. But you know, the things that I've thought about so much since that man walked away and I walked away from him after handing him that food and that drink, was God, I want you to be blessed by it. What did it cost me, I thought, after I got back to my work and my wife had headed back to her workplace? What I thought about, what did it cost me to give that man that meal? Beloved, I want you to know it cost me very little, but he had a meal. And you know what? God provided that man a meal. And you know what I'm thankful for most of all? That I'm not hungry. 
I'm thankful tonight that I'm not deaf. I'm thankful tonight that I'm not mute. I can speak. I'm thankful tonight that when I have a need in my life, my precious wife or my precious daughter, my friends, my loved ones, each of you in this building tonight, if I have a need, I can come to you, I believe, and walk up to you and let you know that I have a burden. I would ask it's you, in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, pray for my need and, and help me and undergirth me so that I can be made whole again. You see, that's the great wealth in my life. And that's the great wealth tonight, beloved, in your lives. You see, that's the great wealth that the rich young ruler did not understand. He did not understand his wealth. He didn't understand what his needs were. You see, he had done all these things that were good things. You know, just like I had done a good thing maybe by giving this meal to this maybe homeless man that was deaf and mute. It was a good thing, but, but, was it what God was looking for? You see, if I'd have given that meal to him and, and just as soon as I, I walked away or drove away and I'd have went back around and I would have went back in the drive through window and said, okay, I'd like to order another sandwich, another tea like I had and, and let's start this process of lunch over again. How much remorse and, and how much insight and, and how much humbleness would God have gained from my spirit then? Very little. Because you see, what God was doing in my life, I believe, as much as he was blessing this man to have a meal because he was hungry, God was testing me and God was showing me and God was showing my precious wife that we are blessed every day that we are blessed because God meets our needs just as God met this homeless and this deaf mute man's needs of food. You see, this rich young ruler, he had no understanding about what his true needs were, spiritually speaking. You know, I could not help, but when I handed that man that meal and that drink, I, I give it to him and he said, you know, thank you. And the next thing I said before I walked away from him was, I give it to you today in Jesus' name. I give it to you today in Jesus' name. You see, for what I gave him, just as what God gives us each day in our lives, beloved, all the blessings that God rains down on each of us every day, all those things are gifts from God to us. They're not our possessions if we're believers tonight. Amen? And the rich young ruler, what he didn't understand was all these great possessions that he had, the Lord didn't want them. The Lord had no need of them, did He? The Lord had no need of the wealth that this rich young ruler had. But what the Lord wanted to see in his life was his heart to be changed. And I believe with all of my heart tonight, beloved, that's what God desires in each of our lives as believers tonight. A continuing change of our hearts. A continuing change of our attitudes and our dispositions towards others that have needs greater than our own. You know, I think sometimes that old envious spirit of pride so many times steps in, doesn't it? And kind of takes a blessing. And I know it steals our joy sometimes that God blesses us with. Because we may not call someone. We may not go by someone's house. We, we, we may not even offer to write a note or a letter. We may not even offer sometimes to say a prayer for them. God forbid. Because we stop and think, well, I remember that day some years past whenever he or she said something and it kind of hurt me. And you know what? I've never forgot it. Some of you may be thinking that tonight as I say that. I want you to know tonight the healing that you need and the healing that I need tonight from this Word is the same healing that this rich young ruler needed. You see, we can keep all the things and do all the right things that we want to do in this earth, but what we really need, what we really need is the understanding that if we give it away, will we still be wealthy within our spirit? If you give it away, 
If I give it away, if I present and give away what all the things that I have, how wealthy will I be in my spirit? You see, what they said, what Jesus had spoken to this man in verse 21, it says, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell all that you have and give it to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. So many times I think each of us are sitting there wondering about how much more earthly wealth we can acquire before that day comes and the Lord may call us home. But you know what? I've read obituaries as you have for many, many, many years and, and I've never heard a lot about people's wealth and someone's uh, estate and someone's bank account listed in there. Can you? Have you ever seen one? No, because that's not what's important about that person's life. You see, what's important about that person's life and that obituary is the things that that person did that were heavenly treasured things, not the things of this earth. You see, the gift, the gift that was given in that parking lot that day of that sandwich and that iced tea, it wasn't the fact that I gave anything that I did not have to give because I did, because God had already blessed me. But the gift that was truly given was that man understanding that I gave it in the name of the Lord. And I gave it in Jesus' name. I gave it to honor and I gave it to lift up and I gave it to praise my Heavenly Father. I think so many times we always want to do right. But you know, I think sometimes, even when we try to do our best, I think many times God looks at it and says, all you're giving, all you're giving away are earthly things and you're laying nothing up in heaven. Very little treasure. You know, the Bible says it's appointed for man once to die and then comes forth the judgment. Every one of us in this place tonight will go by the grave if the Lord tarries his coming. Every one of us will die. And every one of us will stand before God and be judged. And you know what? The judgment in your life will not have an effect on the judgment in my life. And the judgment in my life will not have an effect on the judgment in someone else's life. We'll all be judged on account of what we've done and how we've lived. It'll be private, I'm sure. Just us facing God. But you know what? If God pulls out and shows you and I at that judgment seat the things that are heavenly treasures and the things that are earthly possession and the things that we thought once were such importance in this earthly walk and this sojourn, if you will, that we have while we're on this earth, which one's going to spend time in heaven and which one, according to God's word, is going to be burned away like wood and hay and stubble? You see, only the precious things of God are going to remain in heaven. Only the precious things of God. All these other possessions we have, our cars, our homes, and all the things that go with it to make our lives look like we're successful is all going to be measured by just a few words. Why, why should I allow you entrance into my heaven, into my kingdom? If tonight you laid your head down on the pillow and today were that day of judgment in your life and when you closed your eyes, you were absent from the body and you were stood in judgment before the Lord and you were asked that question, Billy, why? Do you think you deserve to be in heaven with me? You see, there's only one right answer. I couldn't say because, you know, uh, I remember that day in that parking lot back in 2011 that, that my wife and myself, we ran down this man that was, Lord, he was, he was deaf and he was mute and, and he was hungry and, and I, we went quickly and Lord, I give him my own iced tea and Lord, I give him my own sandwich and I give it to him, Lord, and, and you know, I sacrificed. That's not what God's wanting to hear. But Lord, I, I gave to charities all my life, but Lord, I, I, I gave everything I had in the, in the offering plate when it came around Sunday. Lord, I, I put all my offering in there and my tithe, Lord. I, I, I gave my tithe and Lord, I also gave an offering above my tenth. 
Lord, I, I gave everything that I had on me that day in my possessions monetarily. Lord, Lord, I, I did the best I could. And just to hear God say, Billy, I as well didn't want your money. Billy, why should I allow you entrance into heaven? There's only one correct answer. I would have to tell the Lord, my God, that the only reason, the only way that I shall remain in heaven is because I came through the cross. I came through a blood-soaked old rugged cross on Calvary's hill. Unworthy, lame, hell-bound. But one day, my Lord and my Savior, Jesus, as I knelt, His blood covered my sins. And I repented. And God, Your Son did a wonderful thing. He forgave me of all my sin debt. And He did it right there on that cross. And the Lord looked at me in the eyes and said, Billy, I don't know what sin that you even speak of. I don't see what debt you, you talk about because it looks to me that your debt's been paid in full. You owe nothing to sin. Welcome and enter into heaven, for today heaven is your home. You see, when we stand before God, beloved, there's nothing that I've done that would ever allow God to forgive me. There's no action I can do. There's nothing great I can do. I could go every day and find somebody and hand them a sandwich and a cold iced tea and, and still never reach heaven. We can do good things every day. We can do good things all of our life. We can own all these things and we can give it all to charity and we can do all these things that look so good. But I want you to know tonight, according to the Word of God, you as well will never enter into heaven unless you know that one answer and have received that shed blood upon your sins. That's the only way. The only way. Jesus says that I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And no one cometh unto the Father except through me. I want to ask you tonight as you bow your heads with me. Do you know this Lord tonight that I speak of? Do you know this Jesus that I talk about tonight? Do you believe tonight, if you lay your head on that pillow as you go home and go about your nighttime activities and, and when you become prepared to rest tonight and you lay your head down finally for this day on that pillow and you close your eyes and if you happen to be before the morning rise, step out of this earthly life and stand before our God in judgment, is God going to allow you into heaven? Have you made that preparations what I'm asking you tonight, each one, beloved? I ask you that tonight not because I want to condemn you. I don't ask that tonight because I want to see anybody shudder. I don't ask that tonight but for one reason. I want to be sure so that you're sure and that we're sure that when God does call us home, that we will be ready and we have made that preparation to stand before Him and that the shed blood of Jesus, God's only begotten Son, has washed our sins away, and has made us white as snow. Has God done this work, beloved, in your life tonight? Has God saved you? Have you been born again through the shed blood of Jesus Christ? I trust you have. But I know with an audience this large that if there may be someone out there tonight that's, that's kind of thinking right now, you know, I've, I've, Billy, I've never made a decision to follow Jesus, and I've, I've really never thought much about it. I've done a lot of good things, but like you said tonight, Billy, I... I just don't think I'm ready to stand before God. What must I do to be prepared to know that if God were to call me home tonight, that I'll be ready to stand before Him and He will allow me into the entrance of heaven for eternity together with Him. Beloved, tonight, if God has spoken to your heart and if you believe tonight God has drawn through the power of His Holy Spirit you into a conviction. If God tonight has spoken to your spirit through a convicting grace and mercy I would ask you tonight before, beloved, it's eternally too late that you would just render to God your life right now. 
and seek God and ask God to forgive you of your sins and your trespasses that you've committed against Him. Will you? Will you choose Jesus tonight? Will you choose Jesus tonight or will you have to do like the rich young man did and just turn and walk away and choose the world? A world of hatred, a world of darkness, a world of sin. With a destination being on one purpose only and that's into a devil's hell. Are you prepared tonight to make that decision? Beloved, if God's spoken to you tonight in a profound way, I trust He has. Come to Jesus tonight. Invite Jesus into your heart tonight as Lord and Savior of your life. Pray this prayer with me tonight. Father, tonight, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. Lord, I know I'm lost. And Lord, I know that if you were to call me home tonight, Lord God, I believe without any doubt, Father, I'd be destined to a devil's fiery hell. And God, I would ask you tonight to forgive me just as was spoken. Father, forgive me of my sins through that shed blood that I heard about tonight, Father, on that cross of Calvary. And Father, allow that shed blood to cleanse me. And, and Father, I, I confess my sins before you. And, and I ask you, Lord God, tonight to help me and to cleanse me and renew me. And, and Lord, just allow me to be that child of God. Allow me, Father, through your grace and your mercy, to be born again into the family of God. Beloved, if tonight you've asked God to save you, if you've asked God to forgive you, the Word of God says that if we confess our sins, He being God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and He will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And you see, that's the only way you'll ever enter into heaven. There's no other way except through that shed blood, through that cross of Calvary, through the blood atoning sacrifice of the Son of God, Jesus Christ Himself. Beloved, if you prayed that prayer tonight, I rejoice with you and I know there's thousands of angels in heaven tonight rejoicing. And Father, I would ask you tonight as well to continue to speak to hearts, Father, in ways that only you can. Lord, the ones that we know of tonight, Father, that have made decisions, Father, we rejoice with you. We rejoice with them, Father, in their commitment to follow you as Lord and Savior. Father, tonight we are thankful for this privilege you've blessed us with. We're thankful, Lord God, for this opportunity you've given us to come together in unity and in fellowship, one and with one accord, Father, in Jesus' name. Lord God, I would ask you to continue to speak to hearts and souls even after this broadcast is ended. And Father, may we be mindful, may we be prayerful, may we be faithful, Father, to pray for one another's needs each and every day. And Father, until the day you call us home, may God, we trust you. And God, may we always share your truth and your love and your mercy with others around us. May we be that witness, God, for you. For God, tonight, we just come and we just pray tonight for all these needs. We ask it all and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This concludes tonight's live worship service. We pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, each one listening has been blessed through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. We invite you to join us back again next week for another live outreach worship service as we together continue praising Jesus Christ. Those tonight who have made decisions to follow Christ, desiring additional biblical resources, or anyone with special prayer concerns are personally invited to visit the Praising Jesus ministry website. The web address is www.praisingjesus.org. That address again is www.praisingjesus.org. We want to thank each of you tonight for listening. We invite you back again next week as together we seek God to guide, mold, and speak to our hearts and lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. Good night and may God bless each of you is my prayer. <laughs>